Thank you for downloading a sermon from the Chapel of the Cross. The Chapel of the Cross is a welcoming, growing, and historic Episcopal Church in Madison, Mississippi. I hope you will join us on Sundays for worship at 7.30 a.m., 8.45 a.m., 11 a.m., and 5 p.m., with Sunday school for all ages at 10 a.m. I also invite you to connect with the chapel online at chapelofthecrossms.org. Again, thank you for downloading this sermon. We pray it will enrich your walk with Christ. God bless you, and we look forward to welcoming you and your family to the Chapel of the Cross. Holy and loving God, write a message on our hearts, bless us, direct us, and send us out. Living letters of the word. Amen. Please be seated. My brothers and sisters in Christ, the end is near. You probably thought you were going to hear some namby-pamby, pseudo-intellectual, happy ho-ho-ho sermon this morning, but not today. Today, sisters and brothers, we are preaching some end times, so strap in. Did you not hear Jesus' words this morning? In those days after that suffering, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light and the stars will be falling from heaven and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. Well, thanks a lot, Jesus. Merry Christmas to you, too. <laughs> These are odd readings for this time of year. These are similar readings are the readings every Advent and every year I am surprised by the severity of these words. They jar with our popular culture, which is already celebrating Christmas. Half of the houses in my neighborhood already have wreaths on the door, lights in the trees, and those strange inflatable decorations in the yard. It looks like the Macy's parade broke down around the azaleas. I will admit that we have done the same. We've pulled the kids' Christmas books from the attic, we have plans to pick up the tree, and I have fired up my seasonal rotation of Christmas music. Our readings, on the other hand, are apocalyptic, as in capital A, Apocalypse, the end of the world. So why are we reading about the end of the world when we are really thinking about, is that gift going to arrive by the 25th, and what time are the kids coming over Christmas Eve? The two do not match very well. Do not fear, we are not about to enjoy another Don't Celebrate Christmas Before Observing Advent sermon. A friend of mine once preached a sermon this morning titled, Confessions of a Member of the Advent Police. This is not one of those. I do not begrudge our celebration of Christmas, which seems to start earlier and earlier every year. But we would be wise to consider for a moment why our lectionary and our cultural ambiance aren't exactly in sync. Writer Kathleen Norris once said, the word apocalypse is simply means to reveal, to uncover, and if facing reality brings us despair, we need to ask why. In this season of Advent, we are meant to pause for a moment from our worthy preparations and celebrations and consider who we are and whose we are. 
In this season of Advent, we are meant to mentally and spiritually strip away all the busyness of this world and ask some big questions. Where have I been? Where am I going? And who is with me on the journey? In this season of Advent, we are meant to dig deep into the dark places of our soul and bring out our greatest fears and our profoundest hopes into the light of day. And then in this season of Advent, if you pray about who you are, if you take away all of the noise and the clutter and consumerism, and if you reveal your true self, as Norris said, then you realize what Advent is all about. Advent is about uncovering the fact that despite our organization, despite our wits, despite our celebrations, despite all that we have accomplished, despite the fact that our Christmas cards are already in the mail, we are still flawed, bumbling creatures scrambling for the answers. Advent is about realizing that in the end we can ultimately depend, we cannot ultimately depend solely on ourselves. Advent is the end the end of the dependence on the self. In this advent of our Lord, we realize our dependence on God. I'm going to brag on my wife for a moment. She's not here to defend herself, so I will indulge. She ran the St. Jude Half Marathon yesterday up in Memphis for the fifth time. And she was not alone Thousands of others did the same, including a handful of other chapel folk. Carol Hartman, faithful 730-er and former chair of the Altar Guild, came in eighth in her age group. It is an amazing accomplishment for an incredible organization. And when we lived in Memphis, Anna and Henry and I had the privilege of standing on the course and cheering for her and her fellow heroes. Members of Calvary Church, my former parish in downtown Memphis, would often see me on the course, would pull me aside and confess, um, you may not see me in church tomorrow. I would pronounce absolution. But in all seriousness, standing by that race course, something would always strike me. And I think Ellen and her fellow athletes would agree that none of those runners could have done it on their own. Runners participated in training groups which provided accountability, a regimen, and fellowship as they prepared. Friends and co-workers and family gave money. Armies of volunteers checked bags and gave out water. Many runners were parts of teams, running for someone who was fighting the good fight or, in far too many cases, lost the fight, but who lives on their names emblazoned on t-shirts and runners' bodies. City employees set out to mark the course, direct traffic, and say, no, sir, you cannot take your minivan down 2nd Street. I don't care who you are or what a rector is. You will have to go down Front Street like everybody else. And fans who lined the streets of Memphis waving pom-poms and ringing cowbells, encouraging the runners to keep moving. A race of such magnitude and logistical success is certainly a group and community effort, and it is a reminder that no effort from a road race to a fight with cancer happens alone. Despite our best efforts to be rocks and islands, as Simon and Garfunkel once sang, we are inexorably linked to one another and ultimately to God.
For undoubtedly the Holy Spirit was part of that great throng yesterday, weaving among the runners, inspiring the tired, supporting the volunteers, lifting the beneficiaries. We are never alone, and that is what Advent is all about. The realization that we are not masters of our own destiny. We don't have it all together. We aren't perfect. I have coffee all over my alb this morning. And that's okay. For we have each other. We have God. We have a God who loves us so much that in a few weeks, the Emmanuel, the God with us, becomes reality once more. So Advent is not really an end but a beginning, the beginning of a new life with God. Amen.